Welcome to Be Simply. This is she, and I want to thank you for joining us today. We have special guest Janet Higley. She's going to share a personal story around her breast implants and has a public service announcement sharing the dangers, the costs, and what is involved in the removal of breast implants. Without further ado, let's dive in with Janet. Janet, I would like to thank you for being here today. I'm really excited to have a conversation. Today, the focus, we're going to talk about breast implants. I'll dive into a little bit about what you've discovered. We'll probably meander from there uh, as it relates to this topic and, and femininity and how women feel about their body and what we do sometimes to handle situations, whether it's health or it's for beauty. For you to share for yourself uh, and the listeners, what inspired you to get breast implants to kind of give them a little bit of a background, what you knew about them, and uh, then from there we'll proceed into, you know, what has arrived current day. So when I was, after my fifth child, my boobs decided to be like deflated raisins. I had breastfed all of my children and they were totally fine. I liked them after four and then the fifth one, they were just like completely gone. So I thought, oh, well, I'll just get some boobs. I went to the doctor. He was one of the top surgeons in L.A. He's like, you know, 100 best doctors in the U.S. Came, you know, highly recommended. I went to several uh, appointments to get consultations to see who I wanted to go with. He seemed really great. So I went with him. He said they're perfectly safe. I got saline. And that was in 1997. I was 31 years old. I got them done. They were $5,000. Actually, when I first got them done, they weren't even. So I went back, you know, several times to him within a few months, and he's like, oh, they're going to drop. They're going to drop. You know, they'll be even. Just give it time. Well, after six months, they still weren't even at all, like considerably uneven. So I went to the appointment. He said, oh, they're fine. I'm like, okay, they are not fine. I walked to my car. I went, I got in, I'm like, okay, this is not working for me. I walked right back in there. I'm like, this is not working. I'm like, I need to see him. And the receptionist is like, okay, well, you know, we can schedule an appointment. Like, I need to see him right now because he does not want me to be angry. So I went back in. I'm like, this is not working. Like, these need to be fixed. You're supposed to be like the greatest surgeon in the world. My boobs do not look good. I want them fixed. If you do not fix them, I'm going to be very vocal. Needless to say, he fixed them. I was totally happy with them, completely happy for 20 years until I woke up one day and one of my boobs was like twice the size of the other. So I called him immediately and I called the office and I said, my boob is really a lot bigger than the other. They're like, oh, come right in. I went back to see him and he's like, oh, so what are you here for? You want new boobs? I'm like, uh, no, my boob is like way bigger than the other. Oh, it's fine, you know, it's time though. You've had these, so I've had them for 18 years, or I had them at that point, 18 years. So he said, well, you know, we can give you new ones, which that would be my suggestion, seeing how these are very old, and they usually don't last this long. I'm very surprised that they've made it this far. I'm like, well, how old are the, like, the oldest ones? He's like, these are pretty much the oldest ones I've, you know, haven't taken out and redone. 
So, like, we can give you new ones, we can give you a lift. Like, what what are you looking for? I'm like, well, I wasn't really looking for anything. My appointment was because this swelling. He's like, well, so what are you leaning towards? I'm like, well, if anything, I guess I would take them out at this point. He's like, okay, that's no problem. We can just take them out in the office. We'll just deflate them. Uh, you can see how you like it for a couple of weeks if you want and see if maybe you do want new ones because you might not be happy if you don't have them. So I'm thinking, okay, well, and so it would be $4,000. It's a really easy procedure, maybe like, you know, a half hour. We just do a local anesthetic. We deflate them. I mean, they're saline, so it's going to be totally safe if that saline goes into your body. And then we'll just pull out the implant and it'll be done. I went home and he said that, we, first of all, you need to have a mammogram and an ultrasound because you haven't had one in a few years, so that's where we're going to start. But otherwise, you know, it's an easy procedure. Just call back when you want to have it done. So I went home and started investigating swelling of the breast and was astonished that uh, the FDA says if there is swelling of the breast, which is a seroma, at, on late, late onset, then that is something that needs to be checked out immediately because these implants, textured implants, which I have or had, has been linked to lymphoma. And it's not a breast cancer. It's a new, uh, they were trying to call it as recently as a few years ago, a condition instead of a uh, cancer because they didn't want to get people worried. And so the American Society of Plastic Surgeons and another plastic surgeon, so I, I don't know, it escapes me right now, but the FDA had to come back and say, like, do you need to change the wording? We can't just, like, try and cover this up. If we can go back, when you initially got your breast implants, did you do any research? Uh, what did the doctor tell you as far as, what the potential side effects could be, or did he? I mean, I did go to, like, I want to say three or four consultations with different doctors. So I wasn't just, like, going, oh, yeah, let me, you know, get them in. Everyone told me they were completely safe, especially because I was getting saline. You do sign something saying, you know, these are the potential things, but they never led me to believe at all, zero, that they were dangerous. And I don't know if I was just not in the mindset to investigate further or even back 20 years ago what I would have found because they had pulled off silicone implants for a while except for if you had cancer and had a mastectomy and you needed uh, surgery, reconstructive surgery, you could still get silicone implants even when they were off the market. Hmm. So if they're not safe for... The majority of people, why in the world would they be safe for somebody who just had a mastectomy? Right. Well, it's because they feel more realistic, and so that was their reasoning, I guess, to keep them on the market for somebody who already has a compromised immune system. Mm. So I and thought it was perfectly safe. I mean, I had five right. little kids. I wasn't thinking, like, oh, I'm going to go put my life at risk. Right. And I went to one of the top surgeons in the, you know, United States. Although and I just recently told my niece about the dangers, and she's like, oh, I have really safe ones. My doctor won't put anything else in me. 
Okay. And so that's what people think. Like, why would they put something bad in me? You know, of course they're safe. If you can share with the listeners some of the things that you discovered once you uh, started your research about what implants can, what can possibly happen um, immediately and over time, some of the dangers. I just put, like, I Googled, like, swelling of the breast. And I got led to a place called... Um, a website, breastimplantillness.com, and they just had like a major list of if these are any of your symptoms, of course, these can be symptoms of other things, you know, like, you know, uh, metal tasting in your mouth, night sweats, vertigo, uh, all kinds of autoimmune diseases, muscle aches, you know, there's just a large list. And so those can all be explained off by something else. In fact, I went to the doctor when I uh, probably, I don't know, three or four months before uh, I had this swelling. And I told him I had like numbness in both of my hands. It just like went all the way across my chest and into my hands. Oh, he's like, oh, that's pretty serious. You know, if that keeps on going, we're going to have to do testing. And some reason I told him, I think it's because of my right breast and I don't know if that was an intuitive thing or but he just like and he's a great doctor I totally love him he's just my family doctor and he's like oh no that wouldn't be it except for I'm in a group now um on Facebook and it's breast implant illness by Nicole and there are Mm. 32,000 women in there and they have so many issues and and it's and they're always discounted by their doctors, like, oh no, that doesn't have anything to do with the implants. Except for these women are getting their implants out and they're feeling so much better. I mean, like, we're talking like some of these women are in bed practically on their deathbed because they're being poisoned by these silicone sacs. So even though I had saline implants, the sac was made of silicone and textured silicone, which has been linked to this lymphoma. So it's like you're having a bottle of water in the car, and it's hot, and it's a plastic bottle, and they'll tell you, oh, don't drink that because the plastic seeps into the water. Or like you see a juice box, they've been recalled before, the juice boxes or pouches because they get mold inside of there. Well, it's just like the implant, the saline implants are inflated once they are inside, so they have a little valve. And now that I've researched this, I've seen like toxic implants that are just like moldy inside. They have like, it's like some of them have like fish tank. I mean like algae, like stuff is growing inside. So if I would have just went to my plastic surgeon, you know, Mr. Hollywood or whoever he is, um, he would have just like deflated that and then my Implants actually were pretty clear, but what if they weren't clear? He had no idea, and that mold could have went right into someone's body. Like, okay. it's crazy. that So these, these implants, the shell is made of 40 toxic chemicals. Mm. So let's just leave that in there and then heat it up because your body is, you know, runs pretty warm. So it's just like breaking down from the moment you put them in. 
by the time they're, you know, 10 years old, 18 years old, they are broken down. So capsule forms around them to protect you. And like my capsule was pretty thick and he said it was friable. So it was even getting like hard. I mean, I've seen some capsules. The doctor I went to, which was Dr. Chun, J. Chun in Newport Beach, such a good doctor. I mean, I went in to him for a consultation and he is like, these need to come out immediately. Like, we're booking three or four months out right now. And he told his receptionist, like, we need to get her in, like, next week. Mm. So he completely recognized. And I'm sure, okay, here's another thing. So my doctor, my original plastic surgeon, Dr. Grant Stevens in Marina Del Rey, he wrote a paper on this specific Um, problem of this lymphoma. So he's clearly aware of it. On the FDA website, it says if a patient presents with late onset onset swelling, they need to be referred immediately because of this problem. Yet he Hmm. said nothing to me. Right. He sent me on my way. Oh, we'll just take him out in the office if you want to. Like, Hmm. so when uh, when I did have surgery... Um, the case was they had to send the case to intra-departmental review because the pathology was pretty complex. Like, it hadn't turned to lymphoma, thankfully, but it was on its way. So when I got the pathology report back, my doctor said, if you would have waited any longer, I have no doubt that this would have turned into this cancer because cancer doesn't come on overnight. You don't just go like, oh, you know, one day you're completely fine and the next day you have cancer. So the cells change and mine were changing. And my original doctor who wrote a paper on this, who's, you know, on heads of boards and, you know, he's just like, no problem. Let's just leave him in there. And another problem is, they can test the fluid and it can come out negative, yet the mm-hmm. capsule itself can be positive for this cancer. So you can't just test the fluid and be, okay, that's fine. The capsule has to be removed, the whole thing. It's yeah. crazy. It's just crazy to me. And so have you communicated back to your original doctor as far as, you know, voicing a complaint or a concern um, and or educating him? Well, he's completely educated. I mean, there's no way that he does not know this. I mean, he's written a paper on it. So, but I actually haven't yet because it's only been two months since I've had these out, but I am going to write him a letter and I'm actually going to copy him on his own writings and mm. I'm going to send him the FDA uh, links that he is well aware of because he is, I mean, he put my life in danger and how many other people are being put in danger? Mm, if he knows information, it's not, it's, it would be something else if he just didn't know, but he does know and he does not care. Or, you know, that's my take on it, that he doesn't care because if he did, he would have followed the procedures that have been explained to him, like this is what needs to happen, these are the steps that need to be taken if someone presents with this. 
Yeah, absolutely. So how are you feeling uh, right now with being a couple months out, knowing that it probably takes some additional time uh, to go through your own recovery and then just to start to really, your body to really assimilate to not having that, those objects in your body? Uh, I'm actually feeling so much better, even physically. I mean, I didn't realize, like, I would always get, like, neck aches and, you know, uh, headaches and stomach aches, like, which, you know, of course, people could say, oh, well, that has nothing to do with it. But since I've had them removed, I've had none of those. So, yeah. That's great. And my um, decision, I mean, this isn't like a small operation either. Like when I got yeah, in Yeah, share, share with the listeners about that, like that part, if you remove them, what you go through. Yeah, like when I got them in, it was a small incision under the nipple. You know, I, people would never be able to tell I had fake boobs. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, for the most part, I think they looked pretty real. They, you know, they were... I mean, even if you took off, I took off my shirt, you wouldn't be able to see because there was just a tiny little scar and it was just hidden so well. But right. when I got them out, I had to have an incision all the way under my breast. It's like six to seven inches. And then up and around the nipple because I did have a lift. Um, my implants were 375 cc's. So, okay, this is how much liquid I had. The implant was 375 cc's saline textured. He removed 300 cc's of fluid around the implant. So it was mm. very swollen. So, you know, it wasn't like the, doc- the other doctor wouldn't have said, oh, well, it's just a little swollen. It was really swollen. Right. I can't chew extra boobs in there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so the surgery was supposed to be three hours it ended up being four hours mm. uh they had the doctor i went to again dr jay chun he and i'm not getting a penny by saying his name like and he's booked <laughs> out for months and another thing is he doesn't even have on his website uh that he puts boobs in because he's so busy taking them out mm. um yeah i mean he had to like Get that capsule. He takes off the whole capsule intact around the implant because he wants to get all of the toxins that are have been collecting in that capsule around it. Mm-hmm. So, like, he had to, like, scrape it off my rib. I mean, it was, like, four-hour surgery, like, major surgery. It yeah. wasn't like, oh, and now I have, you know, huge scarring, which I could care less about. Seriously, like right. people yeah. are dying from these, and yeah. And so, um, one, you know, we'll include some of these links for their, uh, the listeners to educate themselves. And if if we can segue into the topic, knowing that you know, like you said, you felt good about your breath before the aspect of birth changed your breath. Do you want your breasts back? And, you know, many women do breast implants for a wide variety of reasons, from cancer, as you mentioned, for just to retain their 
reconstitution of what they're used to, like in your case, um, bringing augmentation back in. Um, and others do it because they desperately want to have breasts, you know, a certain size. If you can speak a little bit how you approach beauty and femininity right now in this moment um, based on, you know, where you've evolved to in this moment. And if you had to do this all over again, you know, how you would approach that uh, with this new wisdom. Oh, I wish I knew then what I know now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I'm very sensitive to a lot of um, cosmetics, lotions. I mean, and of course, that can also be linked back to the breast implants. But anyway, um, so I actually don't wear any makeup. I don't wear nail polish. I don't color my hair anymore. Um, these were all things that, and I was totally happy with having these boobs, even, you know, far right. back a couple years ago. So if this swelling wouldn't have occurred, I would have never even thought like, oh, well, I need to get these boobs out. I had a dream and it was uh, vanity has left the table. Like, who are we doing this for? I mean, we say we're doing it for ourselves, but is it because we've been conditioned to think that you need boobs or, you know, or, I mean, people are getting butt implants, you know, nose jobs. This is a $16 billion industry. That was in 2016. $16 billion spent on plastic surgery. So, I mean, I was reading something, and it was called the aging woman syndrome. Women putting themselves under the knife to get remodeled. Hmm. What in the world would we be thinking? I mean, I was up this thought myself. What was I thinking? Putting myself under the knife so I could have some boobs. Like, I'm completely somebody else than I was back then. It's even hard for me to relate to, like, why would somebody do that? Right. And and yet I did it. Right. Of course. I'm thankful now that I can use this because, like, I was just sitting outside a few days ago and my neighbor came over and she's like, oh, I'm so glad you shared your story. My little cousin wanted to get boobs and I told her all about it. And so now she's going to investigate. Or, like, my friend messaged me, you know, last week and she's like, oh, my daughter wants to get boobs. Where can I send her to find out information before she does this? You know, until, like, the, you know, when I went to go get my cashier's check for $10,200 to get my boobs removed. Uh, the lady's like, oh, what are you doing? You know, what are you using this money for? And I'm like, oh, well, and then I told her, and she's like, oh, my gosh, I never knew. Or when I went and got my blood work for my surgery, um, I told the lady at the lab, like, anybody that I have an opportunity to share this with, and even if it doesn't change their mind, at least they have the information. Like, if you want to get moves, that has nothing to do with me. But I want people to be informed of this is what could happen instead of just listening to what the doctor says because they're not going to tell you, you know, like, uh, oh, by the way, I mean, implants are not, even if you have the best implants and you have the best experience, you have to get them uh, redone. They're not a lifetime device. Right. I mean, like, if you want to have a baby, you know, a lot of young girls are getting implants. It can affect breastfeeding. Uh, you'll have, you could have loss of sensation. Um, it can hinder breast cancer screening. 
I mean, they're, they're not going to tell you any of this. They, right. it, I really feel like it's all about the money. I mean, $16 billion they're making, they're not going to want to put a dent in that by telling you, oh, by the way, this may cause cancer or this may cause, you know, you to, you know, I don't, I mean, with these women in my, this group I'm part of, they're getting divorced. I mean, they're losing their jobs. I mean, because of this breath, they have illness. Right. Mm. And, and, and it's hard to know with. I mean, people are selling their wedding rings. They're selling, you know, whatever they can sell to get the money to right. remove these. I mean, ten, that was, it was just $10,000 for the doctor. Actually, for like the mammogram, the sonogram, the pathology, it came up to $22,000. And my insurance did pay part of it. They did pay for the pathology uh, and some of the blood work. But I spent like $15,000. And how much does the average breast, do you know, implant cost these days? Is it like $10,000? Uh, the average cost is thirty seven hundred. That was in mm-hmm. twenty sixteen. That didn't include surgeon fees, anesthetic. Okay, that was. I'm sorry. That was the surgeon fee was thirty seven hundred, but it didn't include the facility fee or the anesthesia. Mm-hmm. So, um, what's the facility fee for my t- removal was seventeen hundred, and the Anesthesia was twelve hundred. So, if you wanted to add another twenty nine hundred to the thirty seven hundred, so it's about sixty seven hundred dollars to get them in. And then, and another thing is, um, so health insurance mostly will not cover the cost or related complications or revising them. And some carriers won't even pay for disease once you get them if you've had them. So it said um, some carriers even exclude breast disease in patients who have had breast implants. So I was lucky Mm -hmm. that my insurance did pay for the pathology and some of the blood work because some insurance exclude that. So if you put those in, you're at your own risk for the rest of your life for any kind of breast disease. Right. Watch mine. Watch this uh, lymphoma. It's called B I A A L C L, uh, breast implant associated anaplastic large cell lymphoma. Um, that's not even a breast cancer. It's a lymphoma, and it's uh, it's man-made. The only people that have gotten it is people who with implants. Mm. And so that's, this is an important topic just to reiterate to the listeners is that your health insurance may not cover your injury caused by something that you elected to do to your physical body, uh, which many people don't even consider that, you know, going in as probably you didn't. Right. I have this, no idea. This surgery could lead to a $20,000 ding uh, to restore, restore your state of well-being. Um, and that's a different proposition, right? You know, just from standard economics um, and potential long-term health issues. Yeah, because so, the doctor isn't going to take payments for one thing. Like when I showed up, 
for my pre-op, I had to have a cashier's check. Like, right. you're not gonna, you're not gonna pay him, you know, after the fact. You have to have the money up front. Yeah, absolutely. And it's yeah, really because people are really sick. Yep, can't spend their time trying to chase down um, payments, that kind of thing. Right, and so yeah, so they're not obligated. The insurance is not obligated to pay for something after the fact, but also any breast disease they're not obligated to. So this is something caused by the implant, this lymphoma, but maybe a breast cancer isn't caused by the implant, but are they still excluded because you had them and you had implants and now you have breast cancer and it's not even related? Right. They still are excluded because you went in there and changed it up, you know? Mm, absolutely. So, you know, here, because there's uh, the Women's Health and Cancer Rights Act of 1998 allows a woman to choose any time after mastectomy, even years later, to have breast reconstruction covered by health insurance. Mm. So that, that's kind of a catch-22. Like, you, they're obligated, your insurance is obligated to pay for reconstruction if you want to because of this uh, cancer act. But on the other hand, they're not obligated to pay if you get it and you've had implants. Wow. Pretty astonishing. Absolutely. So can you speak out to uh, those out there that might be contemplating getting breast augmentation uh, by putting uh, implants in their body. Can you speak to them first on the level of educating, you know, we've, we've shared that, you've shared just how important education is, but can you speak, you know, like I said, you came from a place where you're like, I love my breast implants, I, you didn't think anything about it at that time. Can you speak to that mind frame that, um, you know, why from a beauty standpoint that you might be able to learn to love your body the way it is versus um, spending all this money and time and potentially sacrificing your health in the guise of beauty for self and or others. Well, I think that they would, they might want to reflect on, yes, they're saying it's for themselves, and I said that for myself also, but what is it that you're lacking that you think you need to have bigger breasts or I mean some people can say oh you know I want to fill out my shirt I mean you listed all the reasons why somebody might want to have them is it really coming from within because it seems to me like it's just the reflection of the outer of what beauty is like I said I, it's hard for me to even go there because I've changed so much throughout the years that I can't even put my mind around it why somebody would want to do that. Last year, I liked them. I was totally happy with them. But even last year, I would have never made that decision like, oh, let's go ahead and do this. It's just that I already had them, so I liked them. Right. But I can't imagine being at that mindset of needing them or even wanting them. Right. I'm happy with them because I had them already, but I can't go back to where like oh I really want these or I really need these or these are going to make me happy or 
because it's just hard for me to even think that boobs can make somebody happy. Well, we know they can't. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, you know, how, how can we help our fellow, fellow sisters, woman to woman? Because the root of all this is, yeah, we could say, you know, we want them to feel better about ourselves or we want our boobs to look, you know, I had a couple kids, so, you know, things change in your body. But, you know, um, how can we help our fellow sisters to find self-worth in the body the way it is, not seek attention from outside forces, a.k.a. male or women, uh, to love us because we have big perky boobs or little perky boobs or anywhere in between? Um, how can we remind <laughs> Yeah, how can we remind our sisters, like, love those boobs, whether they're sagging, whether they're perky, um, and that we don't need to use breath for attention, <laughs> to get attention. <laughs> uh, well, I'm thinking, uh, like, it however you wish. <laughs> we don't need to use beauty at all to get attention. It's not even about our breast. Like, whatever gifts we have... And if you don't know of the, any gifts that you do have, maybe that's where you should start. Is like, I am gifted even without any of this body thing at all. Like, it doesn't matter what my boobs look like. It doesn't matter what my butt looks like. It doesn't matter what my face looks like. Like, I am my soul, and I'm worthy, and I'm gifted, and I have things to offer, and I matter. And what this shell is, of course you want to keep yourself healthy and well, but like your shell does not matter how you are in the world. So I would say like look deeper and find what lights you up or, you know, a reason to get out of the bed. And it's not because you look good or you don't look good or whatever that is and someone told you you don't look good or like, you know, like I'm overweight myself and and although when I got my implants, I was very thin. So, you know, like 113 pounds after five kids. Like I was a small person and now I'm nowhere near that weight. But like I look at myself and I don't even see that I'm like overweight. I like saw a picture actually yesterday. Oh my gosh, like am I that big? (laughs) Because I don't Mm -hmm. see it myself. So right. I don't know if I'm lucky that when I look in the mirror, like, I see great. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, I mean, I would just hope that for everybody, you know. Like, I see little kids or, I mean, I read stories or whatever, like little kids wanting to be like, oh, am I fat? You know, they're seven years old or, you know. It's crazy. Like, where are they getting these notions from? They're being right. fed outside because there's no way that – a little seven-year-old would make that up in her own mind unless she was told or she was shown or, like, we need to start this, like, from, you know, newborn. Like, I have two little granddaughters, and I can't imagine them, one, going under the knife, and two, not thinking they're, like, so fantastic. Right. Like, I know some people have childhood issues, but, I mean, go back to before that, before you had any issues, I guess, and go, wow, look how great I am. Like, mm. would you want that for your little daughter or your little granddaughter or anyone you loved? Would you want them to be beating themselves up because 
they don't have boobs or they're, you know, overweight or they're, you know, whatever the issue is. Like, beauty has to come from within. And it doesn't matter what someone tells you. I don't know how you get to this point. And here, I, you know, that's another thing. Like, I'm a self-confident woman. I'm strong. I'm, you know, I'm not somebody who, like, tries to please people or, and yet I haven't got boobs. I know one way to set can help all of us feel good about ourselves is to pursue some of our passions, the things that yeah. really light our boat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, Catch it on fire. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So if you can share with the listeners some of the things that light you up and also that might give them some inspiration to look around versus getting distracted, like you said, trying to make something happen um, um, in externally that doesn't need to happen yeah like so I mean up until five years ago in 2012 I'd been married for 30 years five kids like um, and I had never even driven 60 miles by myself I mean it was just like I was living for this family you know so okay here's another thing I was living for this family like I was mother wife PTA president you name it and I got boobs like, so, I mean, normal, regular, you know, do-good moms are getting boobs. Like, everybody's, you know. <laughs> and here, so in 2012, I went, <laughs> yeah, I went to a retreat, and I drove there. It was up north, northern California. I'm in southern California. Um, and I went, oh, wow, like, they don't have a TV here. So, like, I was just, like, watching reality TV. I was, like, somebody else. Like, I feel like I was abducted, and now I'm, like, truly myself with no boobs. Although I do have boobs because I, since I gained so much weight, now I do have boobs in there. Although I'd rather be have my old body back, but I'm totally happy right. with this one because, you know, my days are not spent looking at my boobs or my butt. Like, I love painting and making soul collage cards, which are intuitive collaging. Like, I could paint all day. I started out painting like little 8 by 10 canvases. Now I'm painting 48 by 60 inch canvases and that's not even big enough. Like I just want to paint, paint, paint and if I don't like the way she's looking right there, I can just like paint over her and start again. Like Mm -hmm. I think art kills completely. Like when I went to that first retreat, I I was having a um, SI joint issue like I could hardly stand up for like 15 minutes because my, it would just like kill me. I painted all day long and it didn't bother me a bit. Like right. if you get out of yourself, you will, or get out of your way or whatever, like art to me just like will be a healer. Yeah. Like if you are thinking, oh, I need boobs, maybe you ought to paint it out or dance it out or, you know, scream it out or sing it out or do something, just get out of your way because there's so much, I mean, like, if I could spend $22,000 instead of removing my boobs, look, can you imagine the trips I could have went on or even the $5,000 the $5, initial investment? Like, that money could have been spent so much better. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I love soul collage and I love painting and... Uh, the painting method I use is intentional creativity, and it's all about having intention in everything you do. 
so it's not just I mean everything is part of creating uh, eating your breakfast uh, having a cup of tea like put your intention into it and then you won't even have time to worry about like if I should get a facelift or if I should you know so share with the listeners where they can find you whether it's on Facebook or website we'll also include the links below they want to you know, send you a little email or um, connect with you to find out more information about your journey. It's JanetLynnHigley.com, but there will be updates because I, I plan on teaching this art method that I have found that I absolutely am so in love with and uh, teaching soul collage, which that will bring you layer upon layer into yourself so you can really find out who you are and what you want and get out of your way. So uh, those are two methods that I will be having on my website. And you can find me on Facebook at Janet Lynn Higley. I'm thankful for the whole journey because I really feel like I have saved several people directly that I have come in contact with that have been thinking about implants, uh, that I've been able to give them the information that will let them be informed. Beautiful. Well, Janet, I appreciate you, and I appreciate you sharing this public service announcement. I think that's what (laughs) this is, your first PSA. And as you continue to paint, we'll bring you back on to shine a light on your art and um, everything that's bubbling up in that realm of creation for you in the very near future. Thank you again for being here. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you so much. Once again, I want to thank you all for listening in today. Remember that you're beautiful just the way you are. And if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to myself, to Janet. Do your research. And no matter where you are in your own process, your own evolution, that's exactly where you're supposed to be. And trust that you will find the answers and the solutions that meet your needs. Until next time, this is she signing out with a full heart, a soft gaze, a deep bow, and a namaste. Be simply.